Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. LPN Deep Dives presents... A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. Fuck you, Captain! Oh my god. They sound like You're being such a mesta right now. I'm I'm getting out of the mesta zone into the Bresta zone. Yeah! yeah! What, have you been hanging out with me? I have a, a little bit. Yeah. We're gonna rock down to our breast avenue. Mm, that didn't fit. Did it fit? It fit, damn it. <laughs> they can't all be winners, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just open my mouth and let whatever flops out, flop out. You know, when you talk this much for a living, sometimes you just have to let your mouth do the working. And then you go, yeah. <laughs> That's a different scene we haven't gotten to yet. I know it's your All favorite. Right. You know All it's Jackie's right. favorite. How many I, times she brings it up? I bring it up all the time. I'm constantly thinking about it. I can't wait to get to the scene. I can't wait till we get to the end and we can discuss which our favorite scenes are, and then we can have everybody else say their favorite scene. I love that. And then mm-hmm. you're gonna say your favorite scene, and then I'm gonna say yeah. my favorite scene. It's both. They're both. Disgusting. Is it the same? Yeah, and they're yeah, they're foul. Mm. Not that love making is foul. Yeah, it is gross. But some of what they do ain't no love making. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Down in dirty business, you of can't sex. You can't love and be filthy. I guess you can. I mean, no, you can't. You have to be. It's romance and bunnies and peace. Um. Uh, okay, Morgan. Yeah. Wow. Love this. Love. Oh this. my god! How'd you know? Red, red and blonde. Red and blonde. Yes, I'm Morgan. I am. Um, I'm feeling this wig. There though. aren't like super crazy fits in this section of the book, so I just went with my my old. She now forced into her stupid leathers that she doesn't like showing her butt to Cassian. Not at all. She hates it, actually. Yeah, she hates how good her ass looks. I hate it. I hate how much my butt's showing. You're a mesta. (laughs) Oh, oh, hey. Hey. You know what we're doing? What? We got a show coming up. 
at the end of this month. Is it called Beach Blanket Bingo? Bingo! So come on down to San Diego. Come oh, hang out. I think there's a little bit of tickets left, but also you can stream it. Um, I, I forget how. There's a link. We <laughs> are filled with knowledge. Yeah. See, was that helpful? Yeah. The, the cue I got to promote the show? Yes. You can watch it, I think, somehow, if you like. I bet you could probably follow Last Podcast Network on Instagram, and I'm sure they post about it. Probably. There will be a link you can watch it. Via live stream. Yes, you ain't even got to be there. Mm-hmm. So definitely check it out because we're going to have a show. Yeah, we are. We're doing a live show. There's going to be something happening. <laughs> <laughs> I already asked Henry how many dicks can we have on stage. And he said that it might be a problem showing actual nudity. And I was like, well, what's the point? <sighs> Then why are we doing a show? Yeah. I thought we were having sex on stage. I thought we were turning beach blanket donkey show. Not you and Henry. No. No. So, uh, somebody. No, I can't saddle up, Henry. Ew. I don't have a wide Ugh. enough saddle. Ugh. All right. <laughs> Let me get out of this conversation. <laughs> me just. <laughs> we've got <laughs> thick bones. Ew. <laughs> okay. So now. <laughs> We're coming back to Chapter 4. Okay. And we're with Cassian here as he's approaching Morgan, who is sitting at a picturesque cafe in the bustle of Alaris. Just me drinking my cup of herbs. Mm. Are you being, is that, sec, is that, that sexy? Me, yeah, was, are you not seduced? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's my sexy, but, uh, I just needed my teacup. I do not think Morgan talks like that. No, not at all. I've been working at, my problem is I'm going as Tiffany. Jeff and I are going as Chucky and Tiffany. Oh, is this, is this So the I've been wig? working on my, no, it's not the wig because no. I got one with uh, Roots in it. Ah. But um, not the band and not the movie or the book. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> just the actual roots uh, of my hair. Yeah. And um, so I've been working on my Jennifer Tilly. That's a good Jennifer Tilly. Not a great Morgan. No. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, well, she doesn't talk like that. Okay, she doesn't talk like that. I think she talks more like... She talks no. like this. I think she has a very rich, feminine voice that's very um, assertive. I don't mean to suck my own voice here, mm-hmm. but I dare say she probably sounds a lot like me with like a huskier voice. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I would see that with like oh, the light hair and the husky voice. And again, maybe it's just because I'm filling myself right now in this wig. Yeah, you're great. I need to dye my hair. You I think that this is what the, all of this wig talk has really been telling me is that I think I need to dye my virgin Yeah, you hair. have to do it at least once in your life. But it's virgin. And yeah, if it never feels the same, aren't you have aren't men just chasing your hair constantly down the street? Yeah, going, they're always trying let to put me the get my hands on that. Oh yeah, virgin hair. Yeah, rub rub their fingers through it. Yeah, pure. I feel the purity. Mm. I'm like um, vodka made out of potatoes. Are you like that? Are you like purity culture, but for hairstylists? Only. And they all chase after you. Yeah, and they all want me, and they all want to get in there. And as soon as they dye your hair, you're just another dyed hair. Yeah, they throw me in the gutter. Ugh. All right, Morgan. I think I would dare say Morgan has a Jackie voice. Mm. Aw, thanks. Yeah. Sarah, what do we think? What does Sarah think? We'll find out when I text her later. Yeah, Um, she's (laughs) listening. 
much. So <laughs> Morgan's out at a table and Cassine marvels at her beauty and how she still looks to the sky so often, reveling in the sun after all these centuries, as if she still can't believe she's no longer living in the darkness of the mountain. Oh, poor girl. I know. He notes that though he thinks of her in a brotherly, sisterly way, he can still appreciate the beauty of her, especially because he knows the soul that dwells within. Oh my God, Cassine, you see, does he? He's not he just sees. on the outside. He sees, but not with an X-ray golden eye like Lucian. As he approaches more, she teases him for the amount of love and attention he's receiving from the citizens as he passes by. He brushes it off, kind of embarrassed about it, like, shut up, no, I don't want to talk about it. Moore inquires about Nesta and makes some of some off-putting remarks about Nesta that Cassian slightly bristles I at. I wonder why he bristles at I don't know, it's so weird. It's clear that Moore doesn't super love Nesta. How could you? I mean, she- Sorry, Nesta, it's just you're a little bit much. It's just hard wearing these pants. They're so See? tight. On my See, butt. it's a sexy voice. No, it's my baby voice. We've been conditioned by society to think that. It's society telling us that the voice is sexy. Of a baby. Um, so, but like, Moore is really one of the only people in the inner circle that's actually treating Nesta probably how she deserves, which is kind of rudely and just not coddling her. Yeah. Which is what's happening with a lot of the, the other members. I don't pretend. No, you don't pretend. <laughs> what was that? I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> um, and Cass is attempting to keep his cool while not willing to slander Nesta. So he's not yelling at more, but he's not going like, yeah. <laughs> he's just sort of like trying to move along. He tells more that they are all trying to steer Nesta towards a better kind of existence. And she's like, blah, sure. blah, blah. He tells her he doesn't want to talk about it. And she says, all right. Cass watches her and thinks back on the only time they had had sex with each other. Okay. 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 Tell us more. Okay. All the way back in their teens and the terrible consequences of it. How not only did it sully her and her yeah, family's eyes. Yeah, this wasn't eyes. the sexy one. This is not a sexy fuck. It's a... No, no, no. Well, it probably wasn't the moment. It's probably fun. I bet it was fun. Like, that's the thing. Like, and not to be like this, but, like, you ever have sex with a friend where you're like, there's nothing yeah. to it. And you're just like, ah, we know each other. This is so fucking dumb. And I think it it is the through line of, well, this is dumb. Yeah. That makes it so much fun. Yeah. And, and you know, they're obviously not. Like, I think the traumatization of it came from Cass realizing what he'd done Afterwards, even though Moore knew it, she didn't really tell him what that was going to mean for her. And but so, you know, she made this decision when they were teens and terrible consequences happened. It's how not only did it sully her in her family's eyes, Reese nearly hadn't forgiven Cassian for it. And Azrael was devastated because he loved her. Loves her. But I don't think that Azrael. If he knew, obviously, I don't think that he would have. What? Do you think that he would have, like, helped sully her to save her? No. Or do you think that he would because it would save her? I No, I mean, I don't think so. I think because she always says he doesn't think he's good enough for her. Like, even though that's not true, as thinks that he's nothing. And also, I think he would... She would have never done it because he would have known he would it would have been something really important to him and she would have been like thank you thanks bye thank you yeah. for 
for stalling my womb. Oh my god, he must have been so sad though. Well, he I imagine he was very upset. And so Cassian regrets it for that reason, but not because like he didn't like he still has like love and respect for more. It's nothing to do with them actually having sex. Right. But they're not there to talk about romance. No. If you'll recall, Moore has been tasked with seeing how all of the other territories are behaving in this upheaval time period. It's because I'm so beautiful. It is. And you're going as a friend, but you're kind of also just like watching everybody the whole time. I will say um, that is where Moore and I divert. I think that I would never be sent to do a covert task in any way. I love you, Jackie, um, but I, I don't think that's your I sneak specialty. and I sneak and I sneak. You never know what I do and what I want. I don't know if you could play a Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Just because you're honest, though. Yeah, no, and I wear a wear my heart on my sleeve. You do. Um, I don't think it's a it's an insult to say that you couldn't play a Game of Thrones. All of those people are horrible people. Yeah, and I think it's also it's the thinking twenty steps ahead mm-hmm. at all times that I'm just like, but I got to walk here. But I'm thinking about this step. You're not thinking of ways to be calculating, which is no calculating is not how you would describe. Me. No, um, how I would describe you though. Terrible, scary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But also not really like really able to pre-plan that much, so I'm not much yeah. of a danger. Yeah, you know so that's saying? good. Yeah. It's like you've got it's like your Edward Scissorhands, but you got mittens on. Just like <laughs> I do, kind of look like Edward Scissorhands right now. Yeah, honestly, I think that's where I got it from. Ah, cool. you're welcome. Thank you. <gasps> no, no. <gasps> and then it's me. And I'm in the snow. No, I don't want us to be a couple okay. in this situation. All right, all um, right. Also, that makes Ryan Anthony Michael Hall, and that's weird. Yeah, I'm sorry for you. Um, so, so she's gotten this job from Reese, and as we've already gotten hints of, a lot of them are not super interested in going gently into this new treaty. Oh, hang on a second. Ah! <laughs> so... Moore has been tasked with It's the with pointer, going... by the way. For those of you that can't see, she just uh, t- untelescoped her pointer. Oh, wait. Let me do. Uh, Can you hear it? There you go. So over here, we got Valhan, and we have Monteseri, and we've got Rask. 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 And <laughs> yeah, that's how they pronounce it, right? Rask. Rask. Um, so... Moore's trying to go and deal with all of those people. She just came back from Valahan, and they have decided they do not want to sign this agreement that Reese, Feyre, and Amran are attempting to get all of the Feylands to sign. Ugh. Though they asked for and received input from all of their allies, some territories are looking at the human lands with greed in their eyes. Yes, look at all this precious mm-hmm. land. They claim to Moore that they don't trust that the human queens won't start a new war anyway. So Valahan's like, why would I sign a treaty? But Moore thinks it's more because the queen of Valahan is trying to get her little mitts on more lands, more it's territory. the old greed talking. Yeah, that they're bored of their cold northern lands. She, I mean, I kind of get it. Sure. You know, down there, you know, just wipe away those humans, you know, and then you've got like a beautiful unsullied land. Yeah, but you know, I learned from a philosopher once that the seaweed is always greener. In somebody else's lake. Very difficult to do um, without the accent. 
You did. Thank you. <laughs> so, did you hear me fighting my mouth? I, I did. Like, do not do the accent. Very, very thoughtful and sensitive. Thank you. So, <clears throat> she worries that Rask and Montessori are thinking the same because they're all right next to each other that they might band together to get out of their little corner. They have so much space over there. Just, like, stay over there. But we we know vaguely how big the mortal lands are down here because, like, look at this big old chunk coming down. Yeah, it's a chunkle. So they, they think that maybe they're going to fight to not get the treaty signed. Now, even with the king of Highburn dead... There are still a whole bunch of people on Highburn who are all skeleton people who live on that scary island. And they're just the type of people who would want to disrupt the land treaties and maybe even pair up with this other lands over here to get Prithian. Oh, it's all these greedy boys. I know. This is why I should be the president of the lands. What are you going to do? I'll say leave the humans alone. Come on. Come on. Also, they want Prithian because Prithian's obviously the superior island. Yeah. So Cassian is now armed with this information as he prepares to venture into the world of courtiership, where he'll try his hand at dealing with the band of exiles. We cut over to Nesta waking up in a pitch black room at the House of Wind. She's in a panic. House of Wind, um, Natalie shortened to H-O-W, and I'm just like, she's at the how! She's at the why! She's at the when! Um, I'm sorry, I... I had you to thought say I was it. having an episode. Yeah, I thought it was like, what's wrong writing? with you? How do I do it? No, like, Natalie, do we need to talk about these things? No, that's an acronym. House of Wind. How she's in a panic. <laughs> she's disoriented, and for a moment, she thinks she's back at the old cottage, and all of this has been a big old fever dream. She quickly gets her bearings and realizes she's no longer in that that cottage, starving. No, the air in the room was toasty. And she was the lone person in the bed, not clinging to her sisters for warmth, always squabbling over who got the coveted middle place in the bed on the coldest nights or the edges on the hottest summer ones. That's got to be so annoying. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine three people in one bed? It's just like, I I need my space. if (laughs) If you're that poor, I guess, you know, they're looking at their dad sleeping on a cot and maybe that's like, well, at least I got a bed. Yeah, and at least I have a bed, and at least like we have each other for warmth on the winter nights. And we and have one like drawer each, and that's nice. Just like me. One drawer. Yeah, Jeff has all of the rest <laughs> of them. You know, he's got his many hats. So many. And it's, all like, his, it's becoming a problem. Yes, all you of You can't even watches. get in some of the rooms in your apartment anymore. <laughs> Filled with hats. Filled with hats. <laughs> she focuses herself... And gets out of this large bed and walks over to the bank of windows in her room that overlooks the city and the sea beyond. It's only here she learns that it's late at night. She seemingly slept through the entire day and into the evening because if you recall, this is leading from earlier when she was brought to the house of wind and just was like, leave me alone and closes her door. Mm -hmm. She can't gauge how close the, the morning is, but she must have been sleeping for, you know, half a day at least. And as she leans her brow onto the glass of the window, her thoughts turn to her mother. My Nesta, Elaine shall wed for love and beauty, but you, my cunning little queen, you shall wed for conquest. Can you imagine saying that to your kid? I think that's what, uh, like, mom, mommy vloggers do. <laughs> 
thing that like just choose which one like of like each child again. I just feel like they're thinnering them. Oh yeah, no, slowly brushing. You shall be my star. My little queen. I just be like, can you not? Can we like not can do I just, this? Can I play? I'm just gonna, yeah. Like, can I just like read a book or something? Can I make a? Can I make a paper turkey? This was just like what Linda did to Henry and I, though. I will say, Brushed oh your my hair. god, yeah, yeah. While slowly brushing our hair, I was gonna wed for love and beauty, Henry for conquest, obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, when he saw me, he's like, I gotta get that person with all of the power. That she has <laughs> power within you. Mm, he saw within. He saw within of course. you. Of um, and obviously, I went for love and beauty because look at Jeff. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a he's a he's beautiful, pristine. Illyrian warrior man. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, right. All right. Yuck! Yuck! <laughs> this is sort of a reveal. <laughs> this moment is sort of a reveal to the reader. We've known some about the mother, but this gives us quite a view of how their mother thought what she may have implanted in her eldest daughter. It's like, oh, maybe she's she is fucked up from her mom. Couldn't be. What? <laughs> Instead of feeling anger as she's thinking about her mother's cold predictions for her, she reflects on how disappointed she would be knowing that Nesta, in the, those years of poverty, had nearly married a, quote, weak-willed woodcutter's son. And we as the reader had not thought well of him from the beginning of the first no. book because, in fact, if you remember, Feyre leaves with that beastly fay. She implores Nesta not to marry the man. And Nesta had, in fact, broken it off with him right after that. But then we later learn he had also tried to assault her in that moment when she tried to break it off. My Nesta... Her mother had always called her, even on her deathbed, so wasted and pale from typhus. My little queen. I wasn't sure if typhus was real, a real Earthside disease, but it turns out it is. Mm -hmm. It made me wonder why SJM chose to use that as the device for their mother's death, mostly because what I gleaned from typhus is that it is an infectious disease caused by lice, fleas, and some kinds of mites. And is usually associated with extreme poverty or places like unsanitary prisons or ships. And when their mother was still alive, they would have been fabulously wealthy still. So it's interesting to know. I wonder why that came in as the way she died. Um, and maybe there'll be a reason, like, in the stories later. Maybe she's just like, that sounds like a fucking thing people yeah, die from. Yeah. Um, also, it's not the same thing as typhoid fever, which I had heard of as a different thing. Anyway, look at us learning about maladies. Yeah, horrible, horrible uh, infectious diseases. The pictures are not not pleasant. Yeah, I bet. Anyway, as Nesta thinks back on this part of her childhood, she recalls being delighted and thrilled by the idea that their mother saw her as such a prize, but how her illusion was shattered when they lost their fortune and they were thrown out to the wolves. So Nesta had become a wolf armed herself with invisible teeth and claws, and learned to strike faster, deeper, more lethally, had relished it. But when the time came to put away the wolf, she'd found it had devoured her, too. We all been there. Yeah, dude, I get it. You gotta build the walls. Not the... Around your heart. Not on the border. No, 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 I meant around your heart. Um, yeah, it's that stare too long into the the abyss and the abyss stares back. Yeah, man. And I just, like, 
it's just got to be so rough that, like, at that time period, she really only thought that she was a queen because of the money that they had. And her mother would say it would over and over. And yes. in her. That, but, I mean, like, that she must have, like, when she lost that, must have lost, like, all sense of who she is because, like, she assumed, oh, I'm a queen because of all of this money. Yeah. And also probably even before that, when her mother died, that was her main that was probably she was like a little pet to her mother, so she probably felt lost then. And then when the money went away, she's like, "Oh, I, know, who I, am I, I don't even know who I am." Yeah, this thought seems to tire her, which is very relatable to the depression or anxiety thoughts. And you just get like, "I can't." Since so she returns to bed, oh, when thoughts just weigh you down, mm-hmm. so she goes back to bed, weariness still heavy upon her. Cassian is back at the House of Wind by this time, and he lays in his own bed, sleep evading him. We learn that he's kept the same room for the last five centuries and mostly won't change much about it. We also learn that his bed is so big that three Illyrian warriors could sleep in side by side. I wonder how they got that measurement. They didn't say he didn't say there have been three Illyrian warriors who slept. Get your minds out of the gutters, you perverts. Yeah, and then they all kiss each other. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a big ass bed, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to think, like, how big's the room? It's got to be huge. Oh, my God. Do you think they call that a uh, a lord? Because, like, king, king-sized bed is... It's a lord-sized bed. We glean that it's also the middle of the night in his section here and how he had shot awake when he'd heard Asriel arrive back at the House of Wind. Cass knows that the fact that he heard him at all was to let Cass know he was here because Asriel could be silent as a whisper. He runs on shadows. In case there was any funny business going on, I think he wanted to just let Cass know that he was there. Which is also really cute. I love that he's just like, flat, flat, (laughs) flat. I'm here. Uh, Hello. hello. I'm just so glad to be back to here. How many times I've done that. Stomp, stomp, (laughs) stomp. I know for roommates and stuff. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The moments before he realized it was as he had gone for a knife and he reflects on how there are just hundreds of weapons thrown behind stuff between all of the inner circle leaving stuff there over the centuries, which seems a bit dangerous. But what do yeah, I know? They, got, they ain't got like kids walking around. You know what I mean? No, but, you know, you sitting on a knife. Ooh. <laughs> That's a fine how do you do? <laughs> His thoughts are now his thoughts are now circling around the challenge of the next day when he would have had to try to corral Nesta into doing what he'd asked of her. And it's not an exciting anticipation for no. him. He's not thrilled. He's not awakening like I can't wait until the morning. Um so what would that feeling be? Uh yes, I believe dread. Mm. That's what it is. Yes. Dread. 
He wills himself to sleep, but sleep won't come. I don't know why that song just came into my head. Hell yeah, let it out. Let sleep will come. I don't remember any words. I don't know the song. I'm sorry, everybody. I started that. Everyone's upset. Then suddenly Reese's voice is echoing through his head. <clears throat> why are you up so late? It's like, damn, dude, mind your own business. Why are you coming into my head while I'm sleeping in my bed? I don't like it. I feel like I'm trying to decide whether I would love that or not. Like if a friend that was also awake, I was having trouble sleeping last week and I wanted to call a friend of ours who has a two month old because I was like, I bet she's up. And I was just going to like call her in the middle of the night. I was like, Jackie, you can't do that. You can't just call somebody in the middle of the night. She's going to assume it is an emergency you're right. She's think and you're freak like, out. You're like, <laughs> your car is halfway over the edge of a bridge. You're like, help! You're the only number I remember! <laughs> so you can't just call somebody in the middle of the night. Yeah, but if we had brain bonds, we would know. I wish there was a way to knock. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, knock on the inside of your brain. I'm like, yeah. hey, hello. You want to talk? I guess that's what texting is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess they have something like that. Um, Reese overshares that he and Feyre have been fucking for all the hours since Jesus. they concluded their inner feinchen earlier. Oh, I like it. That day. It's uh, really hard to say. Cassian laughs and he thinks speaks down the bond that he, Reese should let her, his mate gets some sleep How for God's many sake. How hours is that? I mean, it had to have been over 12. Tap out. I'm tap out. I ain't got, no. I'd I like can't. to think, though, if you have like the fey energy, needs, it might yeah. be fun. Yeah, I you guess that, I mean? that would be different. Um, and then, no, but so he says, let her sleep. And Reese is like, no, brother, she's as horny as I. Man, look at him go. Cassian's like, okay, dude, why are you bugging me? Reese says that he was just making a quick sweep up in the House of Wind to make sure that they hadn't already killed each other and noticed what Cassian was awake. I do hope they have some way to, to know whether people are, like, indisposed and if he senses them. Like, he probably, it probably is in the bond, right? That they can feel like a shield or something. You put a sock on your brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. You know, so he knows. Um... I know that you meant like in a dorm when you put the sock on it, but I thought you meant to jerk off into real fast, like up top. And I was like, yeah, so they can jerk off into it. And then he wouldn't know. Like I I, I wasn't following and then I needed to explain. (laughs) That's so weird and gross. Like thinking about it. I've been hanging out with Holden too much. I'm sorry. I know. I think so. Because it's gross to think of jerking off into a sock, but then thinking about squeezing your brain into a sock and it coming is so gross. <laughs> Some like Tim and Eric shit. You know what? It's good to know I can still disgust you. Yeah, I think it's nice. Yeah, keeps me on my toes. Yeah. Um, we learned through their exchange that Nesta has been asleep for well over twelve hours, but Oof. there's not much they can do about it. Sometimes depression will do that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Reese is being overly gentle and is asking about the prep for tomorrow, and it's not lost on Cassian. He's getting kind of annoyed. He says, basically, I've got it. Go mind your own business. Reese agrees to back off and wishes him a good night. Cassian is left alone and unable to sleep, just waiting for the onslaught of tomorrow. Chapter 5 starts at the breakfast table the next morning. It's a bit awky as they're still not comfortable around each other. So it's Nesta and Cassian at this breakfast table and Nesta's refusing to eat anything that's been placed in front of her. 
Just, it just, there, it's things like that where it makes me want to slap her in the face. Where I'm just like, all right, I know you're going through a lot, but like, come on, the house made you this food. Just eat it. Eat something. You have to eat. Um. Yeah. Well, she doesn't want to. She, she also, doesn't want to. She's also barely eaten for the last year, which I is know, why she's all and I also like, and I mean, I, I shouldn't judge because we've all been there. Before. No, it's okay. You can, you can judge Nesta. It's fine. Just because I just remember the first time reading this book and in the second read through now that I know her better, it's less. But like I can understand because I've gotten some messages from people that are like, I can't fucking stand. Damned Nesta, and I understand. I get it. I don't think you're supposed to like her, though. No, I think it. I what I like about her writing is that she makes really flawed women characters, but they're not. They're not um, unforgivable. Correct. Basically, right. like you have to watch them climb out of their hole, like and grow, and that's a good thing because yeah. that can happen in real life anytime. You know, we're all we're all susceptible to that. The only thing constant in life is change. Oh my god, you should it. put that on a, a cross I'll stitch. I'll cross stitch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll cross stitch it. Um, so Nesta doesn't want to eat, and Cassian is warning her that she'll regret not having food in her as they train. Nesta d- is distracted because she's in an Illyrian fighting leathers. Wow. As a regular dress wearer, she's thinking about how exposed she feels with her ass and legs on display. Cassian, however, doesn't seem to notice, at least from her perspective. Well, Nesta's grossed out by what he wants her to eat, which is basically sustenance. It's not fun food, we'll say. She, it's not some toaster strudels. Right. She hasn't been able to eat for a long time, and so plain porridge just ain't cutting it. Yeah, but if you start gnawing on a ham, I think it's going to hurt your belly, girl. Yeah, I don't know what she would want instead, honestly, but as he points out, any of the fun-tasting stuff will just give you a big limited burst of energy, and then you'll be tired, and needs her to be able to sustain. It's something it's I'm never great at, personally, because I love, I'm a salt bay. Love, give me. You're a salt bay. You're also a nibble, you're a nibble honey. Oh, I'm a snacker. Yeah. I'm a snack queen, for sure. Um, so, which actually is good. Little bits all the time is good, but I feel like in the little bits, sometimes it's not enough energy. Probably not. And, you know, he's giving her some very gym rat advice, which is technically correct, but I never follow it personally. Yeah, we talking about gains? Yeah, we're getting gains. Yeah, I've heard about gains before. Yeah, I've heard you gotta rest and you gotta pump. Mm -hmm. You gotta engorge. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. And you gotta press. Press. You gotta... You got to unclench. I just remember when we were watching Physical 100, the amount that Jeff talked about gains and all the, what what is it, the in between, you like, you bulk and then you lose the I bulk. Don't have, I don't and have then, fucking time to do, plan all that I shit went, out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. I don't like big bulk anyway because I like flexibility is like my main thing and you have to have long, lean muscle to do that. You yeah, can't you be get agile. Thick. Yeah. Um, That's why Physical 100, we learned about all of the different kinds of strengths. That is kind of cool. Some were good at some challenges and others were good, like their kind of strength were good for other. Fucking Physical 100, so good. All I remember is Henry and I watched a show about uh, like the world's biggest bodybuilders and they like went to different towns. It was a cute show, but uh, the one guy had like the biggest like deadlift record and when he did it, like lifted whatever amounts of pounds it was off the ground, like an inch, she's face his eyes started bleeding so i was like i don't think i want to lift that much yeah i might i don't care um 
That's good because we were really close to lifting that much. And we decided at the very end, we're not going to lift that much. I don't want your eyes to bleed. <laughs> I just don't want to look at it, to be honest. Yeah, no. That sounds so scary. Um, but Nesta's peeved, so she just loses control over every aspect of her life, huh? Cassian's not moved by her anger. He warns her again that if she doesn't eat, the two hours of training in Windhaven will be miserable for her. Oh, no, she retorts. I won't be training with you. Suddenly, Cassian throws a wild card at her. His hazel eyes guttered. Not eating won't bring your father back. She's like, huh, what? I don't, what do you, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. But he wants to get to the point. He's tired of this song and dance. Yeah. He's not going to be snowed by her. He's not going to let her just dance around this thing. He knows what's wrong. He braced his thick, throbbing forearms on the table. <laughs> I added the adjectives. We're going to cut the bullshit. You think I haven't gone through what you're dealing with? You think I haven't seen and done and felt all that before? And seen those I love deal with it too? This, of course, enrages her because she has no way to access her feelings. So anger it is. She gets up to leave and says, keep your fucking opinions to yourself. Before Cassian can respond with anger, he's taken aback at her cursing. He asks her, who taught her to talk like that? It's clear he's not disgusted by it. He's just surprised because she always maintains this prissy stuck up vibe. She squeezed her fists harder. You lot, you have the filthiest mouths I've ever heard. Well, Cassian is just amused now. He says he'll shut up if she'll eat her breakfast. Nesta's game for the pettiness, so she grabs the plain porridge and eggs and shoves them down her throat, even though it's disgusting to her. She finishes every bite and then gets up and storms towards him. Nesta could have sworn he wasn't breathing as she passed, close enough that a shift of her elbow would have had it brushing his stomach. She said sweetly, I look forward to your silence. She goes, <laughs> she goes to leave, but he grabs her arm. She looks at him and it's clear he's not stopped her to be hurtful, but because maybe there's a little thrill going All through right. him. He's smirking at her. Glad to see you woke up ready to play, Nesta. His voice dropped to a low rumble. She is totally and completely not shook by it, okay? So don't even suggest it. She's, yeah, she like, doesn't even care. She doesn't care at all this no, is happening. she's like not feeling what's happening between them. She doesn't care. No, and in the spirit of her not being shook whatsoever, in this moment she starts recalling the time in the bonus chapter where she let him brush his she mouth against him, her neck. Yeah. <laughs> all the way back when she was still a human. How he'd kissed her in the Battle of Highburn. His final words, the words he thought were his last, that he would find her in the next world. <sighs> totally being unshook, she thinks about how his mouth had tasted yeah. and felt. Like, she's just thinking about it. Like, it's not like, he's, you know, it's just... And she's thinking, ugh, ugh, I hate that. Yeah. Ew, yeah, ew. They're staring at one another in this present moment. As if he can sense her fluttering heart, Cassian looks amused. He tells her she has five minutes before they leave. She backs away, calling him a brute, brute. with no real venom in her voice. He winked. Born and raised. Melt! Melt! <laughs> goosh, 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 goosh! <laughs> 
Completely, yes! <laughs> completely unaffected, Nesta backs away, unable to stop staring at him, telling him to never put his hands on her again. But it's clear in this moment, it's not spoken in a frightened way. This is one of the challenging parts of writing erotica, I would imagine, that the phrase, don't ever put your hands on me again, could be interpreted as disgust and horror and anger instead of sexual tension. And you must have to find every subtle way to implicate that Especially in these kinds of moments where even though we're privy to Nesta's thoughts, she's still not being entirely honest with herself about her feelings. But if that phrase is felt and expressed too heavily, it would make Caslick a villain in the moment and Nesta a victim. And in this instance, it's pretty clear to me, at least, that this argument is just on the other side of lust. Oh, it's just it's all lust. But it has to be such a, a like a fine dance to write erotica in that way where there is this anger back and forth, but it can't ever get to a point where like anyone feels like scared or like too, it's too heavy. Yeah. So that like that rage has to remain in that like lustful cloud and as she says the phrase, Cassian replies, noted. His eyes still blazed. This- I also feel like she goes to show like the dance that they're doing in the line that you used earlier when she's like, Nesta could have sworn he wasn't breathing as she passed close enough that a shift of her elbow would have been brushing his stomach. Mm-hmm. The fact that Nesta noticed the fact of how close she mm-hmm. was to him, it's in that way of like, you wouldn't notice how close you are to somebody unless you got a crush on them. Or, or if you unless were like, you truly fucking hate them, but right. you wouldn't say it in that way. No, you'd be like, I like made every effort to like keep my, I was like yes, stealing re- herself. Yeah, I was like revolted and my crossed yes. my chest, you know? Yeah. It, so yeah, it is those little, even though she won't acknowledge fully how much she wants him, she's saying things like that in her head. Um, so this all infers to me like we're one step away from watching a full sex scene happen on the breakfast table. I love this book. I know. But with a couple descriptors changed, it could be seen as sinister. Yeah. But no, what happens next is that Nesta brings up getting into her bed. Not something you do with someone you're disgusted with. You don't talk about climbing into anybody's bed in that moment. No, you don't. So then she says he's out of his mind if he thinks she's going to let him into her bed. Like, he's delusional. But, like, girl, you are so self-reporting here because ain't nobody mentioning anyone's bed. Yeah. And then you you brought brought it up. up. And then you brought it up. She said it. She'd rather let in a mangy street dog. Cassian's like, oh, I know. And (laughs) she feels triumphant, but then he, boom, rebounds. You'll climb into mine. Go, 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 go. It's like my pussy is shooting bullets. Oh, God, that's scary. Well, it's because I'm clenched so tight. Okay. So it's like pew, pew, pew. But it's like bullets that... Like pellets. Like rabbit food. (laughs) (laughs) Like rabbit poop. Yeah, yeah. It's like rabbit poop coming out of my pussy. Oh my god, guys, get a room! Get a room! Get a room already! They continue to volley little snipes at each other until Nesta decides to let him know how totally unaffected she is by shrugging and sauntering out of the room, definitely not swinging her hips or anything of the sort. Mm -mm. We cut to a cast POV. Those pants were going to kill him. Brutally, thoroughly kill him. 
He recalls the view of her in pants. <laughs> he rec- I don't know why I act like I'm 14 when I read this book. It's because I, I mean, not to speak for you, but like I'm in love with Cassian. I'm in love with him. Of I'm in course. love with I'm in love with him in the version in my head. I'm in love with him in the book. So that's why I like reading it. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> It is also that very fun like like erotica has all the of the fun tension that a lot of like just porn doesn't have, which right. is why people like erotica. Right. Um so he recalls the view of her in pants at the last battle. And I got to say, you got to be pretty goddamn horny if you're facing the apocalypse and you're looking at butts. Looking at butts. But I guess also maybe that would be the time because it would nothing. Yeah, would you're matter. like, I'm going to die anyway. May as well look at butts. Yeah, might as well look at some good, uh, some nice butts that make me feel good. I will say recently I've been adding pants into my repertoire. I know. And I have been having similar experiences from my partner who likes the way my ass looks in the pants. I mean, that's and great. That might be encouraging my pants purchases. Of course. You want your partner to be looking at your butt most of the time. Yeah. Um, and you do. You look. You look so cute in jeans. You never wore them before. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm getting. I'm getting jeans back in my life. Isn't this so important for you guys to know? And you're getting jeansy back in your. Oh podcast. my god, Natalie jeans. <laughs> I won't wear you though. Please I'm not don't. gonna skin you and wear your skin like jeans. Oh, you think my skin's nice enough to wear? Although I would say if I just skinned your bottom half, I don't think that amount of skin would fit my skin. <laughs> it would be, you just have extra length. I'd have to roll up your skin. You would, um, you'd have to peg your Natalie skin jean pants. Um, uh, <laughs> so, Natalie jeans. Natalie jeans. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, as evasive as Nesta is in her thoughts, Cassian is brutally honest in his. He can hardly think straight when he sees her in those leathers. So Nesta is trying to be like all, even in her mind, like da-da-da-da, but Cassian's just like, I'm gonna fucking explode! Man, Um, just all the blood went to his dick mm -hmm. so fast. Though he thinks she didn't realize what it was doing to him. I would disagree. I'm pretty sure Nesta knows exactly what she's doing mm-hmm. as she saunters out of the room. Mm-hmm. He forces to himself. But it's just like cast to think that she doesn't know what she's doing. Well, he's trying to be a gentleman. He's yeah. like, I can't. She doesn't want me staring at her ass. I can't be looking at her fucking ass. But she does. Yeah. She definitely does. Um, he forces himself to send her while she's getting herself together in those minutes before they leave for Windhaven. He knows that he can't take those feelings into the ring. Especially when he needs to probably make physical contact with her. Something I wish humans understood when you're doing fight training. But unfortunately, plenty of humans our side don't understand. Not speaking from experience or anything. Um, That when you're doing fight training, you can't 
then be flirty and making sexual content, no, contact and making, making sexual uncomfortable. Yes, like very inappropriate. Yes. So as Cassian's the best, he knows that he can't do that. Physical fight training has to remain exclusively asexual. He chastises himself for not letting off some steam before this imprisonment imprisonment with Nesta. I wonder what he means. Well, he th- he's thinking back. He's just got to punch a little bit. Let's punch something. Mm-hmm. He thinks back to how long it's been since he's done the deed. Ugh, I don't know why I just said that. I wrote did the deed in my script. Why did I write that? Did it that? disgust you? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I was just trying to get through a scene fast. Yeah. I was, and I was just, uh, that's what came out. Yeah, do the deed. Uh, and he remembers it was over two years prior, before Reese had even returned from under the mountain. With that female he'd met at Rita's, in an alley outside the pleasure hall, against a brick wall. Quick and dirty and over within minutes. Neither he nor the female wanted anything more than swift release. (laughs) Oh, what I would give. Take me to Rita's. (laughs) Take me to Rita's. The Italian ice place? We'll go to get Italian ice. Uh, What I'm looking to do ain't cold, but it is going in my mouth. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love him. <laughs> um, so we learn here that Cassian's been celibate for a couple years. Like, he's a born-again virgin touched for the very first time, like your hair. Oh, my God. Be careful, Cassian. People will go after that. I know. He's got a thick sheen over his penis. Peen. Yeah, it's a peen sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that how that works? <laughs> um, he knows that's just sweat. Oh. <laughs> oh, take a bath. He notes that it's been quote his hand ever since. But even in this moment of carnal instincts kicking over in him, his senses return that this female is deeply hurting, and she would not want him sweating over her. It seems so simple for someone to figure that out, but sometimes it seems like some people can't grasp that. Mm, I guess they have to live for hundreds of years. Is that our only option? I guess so. Just to have this like concept of I want this person, but they're not in the right headspace for that. So I have to table it. Thank you, Cassian. (laughs) His thoughts return to the moments they shared outside in Valaris after solstice dinner. I've made my thoughts clear enough on what I want from you. He knows that she means she wants nothing to do with him. And he admits to himself in this moment that it had broken his heart. (gasps) That he was a fool for pouring out his soul to her at the last battle, for buying her a thoughtful gift that she refused to take. That he knows she had had feelings for him at one point, but he guesses she doesn't anymore. Now nine months had passed since Solstice, and he'd done everything he could to stay as far away from her as possible so he wouldn't have to look at her. The hurt was too much. And here he is now, corralled with her 24-7. He wouldn't humiliate himself again. When Nesta returns to the room, he steals his voice in his heart. He leads her out to the veranda where more waits for them so that she can winnow them quickly to Windhaven. He wonders how he's going to convince her to train with him. Noting her ability to engage in psychological witchcraft, he thinks with some bitterness that she could be a general if she ever got her shit together. Mm. He doesn't know if that's a good thing. She'd pointed at the King of Hybern in a death promise before she'd been turned high fey against her will. Months later, 
she'd held up his severed head like a trophy and stared into his dead eyes. Yeah! And he is hard as the dickens <laughs> about it. <laughs> that bitch is TCB! Yeah. So we cut to them landing in Windhaven, and Nesta is immediately unimpressed with the newly fashioned buildings there. So we get the impression that the camp is being built up a bit, but she doesn't care. Of course she doesn't care. She doesn't care about anything. And I don't know if you guys get this about Nesta, but she doesn't care about anything. You never, you never get it. <sighs> but also she is... She specifically hates these people. I mean, I think subconsciously because they are mean to Cassian, but she would not admit that to herself. Mm. Um, and she's fucking freezing. It sucks there. She doesn't want to be there. But we get her vantage of this moment. We get the idea of what Vin- Windhaven is looking like. And she notes the furry farm animals keeping warm with a lo- with their long fur against the biting mountain air. And the females gathered around the steaming cookware over roaring campfires. Everywhere, ferocious looking weapons are strewn about. She notices Lord Devlin's wings spread slightly as Cassian approaches him. As though there's a specific meaning how the Illyrians present themselves to one another. Cassian kept his in what Nesta called his casual spread. Not wide, but not tucked in close. The position conveyed the perfect amount of ease and arrogance, readiness and power. So here we see a mirror to something Cassian said in a court of... Frost and Starlight, they both watch each other so much they have secret names for each other's postures. Okay. 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 Yeah, sure, sure. A a person that you hate, you definitely study how they're standing. Yeah, and just know, like, their every waking thought just by how they um, are not saying anything with their face. Yeah, Yeah, that's somebody you hate. For sure. Um, it is a cute nod in writing how much they feel for each other, how they each know each other's postures in separate books. Well, because I love that that's like this love story, even though you're inside of both of their heads, is not like just the I pine, I pine. Mm. And like you think that that's what Cassian's going to be. But also he does steal himself and he does oh, yeah. do the whole like, no. All right, fine. You want to play this fucking game? Fine. You broke my heart. I now have to pretend like you didn't break my heart. Yep. And that's such a difficult thing to do. But like as a teacher, he can compartmentalize. Yeah. And also because he his loyalty to his brother who asked him to do this. Um, Trump's all, yeah. Yeah. And I think in the end, I think Reese probably would know that he secretly wanted Cassian to face this and like Cassian would want to deal the with this. The fact that Azrael does flap, 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 flap before he comes in the building. Right. I think that like, can you imagine the sexual tension that is between them in every room where you're all just like, okay, gotta get out of here. <laughs> this is uh, really weird. Man, um, have you ever been to Brown Friends like that before? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, just. Fuck each other, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Lord Devlin is, it's apparent he's not thrilled to see Nesta, and he asks what she's doing there at the camp. Nesta does what I did a lot in high school, which is respond sarcastically with something like, I'm here to do witchcraft. I'm the devil. Man, isn't it fun that that's the kind of stuff he used to say? Yeah. Where it's just like... You think that you're being so badass. It was also like, in a way, I I still defend my teen self because a lot of times people were treating me like I was a fucking monster because like my hair was dyed a color. Right, right, right. And they're like, I'm the devil. That's what I'm doing, which is stupid. 
Um, and it, that's kind of what Ness is doing here too, yes. where he's acting like she's so scary. But ult- well, actually, because didn't, wasn't it Lord Devlin that had asked her if she was a witch? Like it's like the, the idea of witches is very different in this world. Yeah, Illyrians are afraid of powerful women. Question mark. So, <laughs> um, feminist much? Don't even let them train. Cassian ignores her snipe. This this response she had to Devlin and tells Devlin that she's going to be training here with him. Lord Devlin winces and tells Cassian that they will bury any weapons she touches. Great. Which again, you're just making her sound cooler. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> Cassian says, uh, "No, they will not be doing that." Devlin sniffed at her, his cronies snickering. Are you bleeding, witch? If you are, you will not be allowed to touch the weapons at all. God, so loose. Man, it's times like that that I wish she was bleeding, and then she just started going like, yeah, you want some? And she starts, like, splattering it at him. Like, that's what I really want. Or she just, like, you know, just, like, wipes it on his face. (laughs) That would be pretty awesome. Um, This is, of course, a very reminiscent of many patriarchal religious practices being afraid of women's periods. And literally like sending them away if they were bleeding of just like, be gone, witch! That's the whole book The Red Tent is about. Yes. Um, It's clear throughout the books that we do we are to perceive the Illyrians practicing traditions in that manner. I would call bullshit but it's like conservative like patriarchal ideals. Cassian decides to ignore Devlin's idiocy and tersely asks how the new recruits are doing. I think he means the females that he's making them allow into the training circles, but I'm not sure what he meant by that. Um, Devlin is irate and says, they're fine. And then he turns on his heels. Because there ain't shit he can do about it. No. Cassian, clearly unwilling to pursue this further, takes Nesta over to an unoccupied training ring. He attempts to get her to get up off her ass and learn with him, but Nesta will do no such thing. She allowed herself to be taken to this place she hates, but she will not make herself vulnerable any further. Again, I kept having high school flashbacks because this made me think of when I adamantly refused to take swimming, even though they threatened to not let me graduate high school. I would have literally rather would have jumped into the lava than put on a bathing suit in front of those fucking uh, yeah. c- fucking Cretans, dude. Ridiculous. No. Hell no. And it is. I think that a little bit of what's going on here, which is that She's not willing to be humiliated or, or like, be put in vulnerable positions against these people who already are calling her a witch and stuff. Yes, and already, like, don't want to see her being trained. So, like, so to learn something and to be in that vulnerable space in front of those people, yeah, and not Mm -hmm. knowing what you're doing. Like, I completely get where she's coming from here. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, he I don't think Cassian fully understands that. And he demands that she get up. No, because I think he sees it more as it should be empowering to be doing these things in front of these people that don't want you to be doing this. So it's like, I understand where he's coming from. And I understand where she's coming from. Yeah, I think it's just he can't understand being a woman in that moment. And that's just like not a like a fault of his. He just doesn't get it. He's a himbo. He's a himbo. Um. And he demands that she get up, and her mind flashes to her own mouth, making those words that day in Highburn. Get up, she pleaded as he lay dying. Girl, therapy. Therapy, man. Oh, my God. It's like anytime it's like if these things are bringing up, like, we got to talk about this stuff. I mean, also, understandable, you just watch your dad's neck be broke in front of you, and then you watch yeah. the man who don't like it all <laughs> dying. And then you drank and fucked for nine months, and now you're here. Yeah. 
He also beheaded a guy. <laughs> so there's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That'll probably do something to you. Yes. Um, Cassian gets angry and maybe a bit panicked and tells her again to get the hell up. But she won't. Even though the decent part of her is still deeply embedded inside of her somewhere and it pleads with her to not humiliate Cassian like this in this moment. Because, of course, all of the nearby warriors are watching, thoroughly amused at this man, this male who is so much better than them, get humiliated. She hates herself for doing that to him, but instead of rectifying it, she further retreats into herself, feeling a bitter sense of satisfaction that she would only further distance him from her. It's what she thinks she deserves. Oh, I really just got a lot of baggage. up a mountain here. All right. Chapter six opens with her still watching the same morning training sesh, only now it's become a private show instead of a lesson. Uh In this moment, her wonder in watching him seems to open up this floodgate of emotions, and she admits to herself that she'd never been able to stop looking at him from the first time he showed up with the others at the Archeron Manor. From then on, she always knew where he was at every moment, even if he was out of her eyeline. You know that thing that happens when you have a crush and you pretend not to notice that they're in the room but act all stupid, where you're just like, they're about somewhere and you're going like, <laughs> that are like talking to somebody else and you're all poised. Yeah, and you're just like, like, like your lips are slightly paw, mm-hmm. like purred and just like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah, yeah, wow. I'm just having a regular conversation. Just like not looking back behind you, but like your entire body's turned in that direction. You're just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, we see right through your act. Yeah, I see you. See you, Nesta. She can admit to herself that she has these feelings, but to no one else. And she doesn't know how to return to that person she was before her father died in front of her. He still was already kind of fucked up. Then Morgan is back. She appears next to Nesta, and she makes a comment about how Nesta has clearly been working hard this whole time. She looks up and sees Moore also watching Cass. Moore said mildly, He is pretty, isn't he? (laughs) Nesta's spine stiffened at the warmth in her tone. Just ask him. (laughs) <laughs> more <laughs> I like that interaction yeah more openly doesn't like Nesta and she tells it like it is mm-hmm. she tells Nesta that she would have gladly dumped her off in the human lands if it were up to her harsh somebody's got to be harsh to her yeah but Nesta kind of deserves it yeah and no one else will say it, so Moore's here to do the job. Yeah. Nesta's not shocked by this, and she also has a little bit of a bee in her bonnet about Morgan. Couldn't be because she gives Cassian attention all the time. Go to. Oh, my God. That just really did just alight something within me of an old crush I used to have, and he had, like, a best friend who was a girl that was always, like, touching on him, and I just remember just like, if I could <laughs> only just be that close. Um, but my problem is I would always become their friends, and I would get friend-zoned. Yeah. And that's what happens. And that's where more went. Yeah. I've been there a time or two, a time. A time or two, a time. A time or two, a time. Nesta retorts to more kind of saying, I would have left you with, uh, it's a good thing that uh, I'm Farrah's sister then, isn't it? This gets to more probably because using her family name for bad behavior is a little triggering mm-hmm. for her. She's drawn to the place on her belly. So her hands just like 
subconsciously moved to her belly in the place where they had nailed the note to her. And she tells Nesta that she knows people just like her. Though she doesn't say who, Nesta knows she's referring to her own family. And to her credit, Nesta thinks about how disgusting Moore's family is. Good. Think about it. But this is yet another instance where we get a sense of her morality and her heart in her thoughts, but she can't seem to let others know she's not a total scutch all the time. But again, this is the beautiful part of this book of being able to see the perspective inside of her head and like see how Sarah was really writing about having like mental blocks and having mental issues where there are sometimes when you can see yourself or at least maybe I'm just speaking for me personally but like when you see yourself acting in a way and on the inside you're like don't be like this please let this go please stop being like this but on the outside you're so not that yeah Totally. Yeah. And also that idea of that Feyre's brought up about her, which is she actually does care so much that she's too scared to ever let people know. Like yes. she's she's so guarded from the pain and stuff that's happened to her already. Moore ignores Nesta. She's making this, you know, she's kind of Nesta's sort of like digging at her and Moore just kind of decides to ignore Nesta. And they, she takes her hand without looking at her and winnows back both Nesta and Cassie into the House of Wind. We cut to Nesta as she's making her way to her first day at the library. She's reeling over Morrigan and the unpleasant things she thinks about her. As she's prepared to greet Clotho, we learn that Cassian hasn't spoken to her since she'd humiliated him earlier that day at Windhaven. And while she's glad about it, I wouldn't say she's happy about it. That makes sense. So that makes like, complete sense. Yeah. Well, because she's not happy with what she did because, like, it made him look like, like, she wants to make him look bad, but she doesn't want to make him look bad in front of other shitheads. She wants to make him look bad in front of, like, the family and other people and mostly just in front of her. Yeah. And she also wants to push him away really hard, but she doesn't really want that. But she's just like, I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's full of, in self, she's in full self-flagellation mode. And this seems to be a part of that process to push him away entirely. She she can't still push away the memory of him, however, running towards her in this very library, coming to, to her call, coming to avenge her terror when those ravens, one black and one white came. Oh, yeah. She yet again shoves the memory away. I'm sure that will totally work in the long run. Yeah, yeah. They don't just crop up in other places. Just like explode yeah, and, no, and you have like a meltdown. No. Coming into... Uh, the present, she's analyzing Clotho. We already know at this point in the story that Clotho's hands are deformed and likely her face is too as she keeps it covered at all times. Nesta feels a sort of sorrow hit her as she remembers that males had done this to her, that they had cut out her tongue and damaged it so badly that it could never be healed. Her thoughts cross over into her own trauma of being shoved into the cauldron, of watching Elaine splayed across the floor, soaking and sobbing. Again, she becomes present and notices Clotho watching her. Clotho, of course, sees countless females come through these library doors with suffering behind their eyes and likely knows what Nesta is feeling. But she doesn't comment on it, only writes out that Nesta is to start her job by restocking the shelves on level three. She gestures to the clock to let Nesta know she will be done at six o'clock. Nesta says, fine. And then Clotho watches her again. Nesta feels naked under her gaze as though Clotho can see her dark thoughts. I am worthless and I am nothing, Nesta nearly said. She wasn't sure why the words bubbled up, pressing on her lips to voice them. I hate everything that I am. 
and I'm so, so tired. I'm tired of wanting to be anywhere but in my own head. Please, like, write it down, you know? You gotta get, you gotta get some of this poison out of you, girl. Yeah. She, she almost seems to hope that Clotho will hear her thoughts, help her out of this hole that she's dug herself into, but Clotho only gestures towards the ramp, and Nesta silently walks away, feeling defeated. I know I shouldn't compare her to the uh, ghost of Christmas future, but I do <laughs> The Muppets? Feel, the, obviously, the Muppets version. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm seeing when I think of Clotho. Oh, with Clotho. I was like, yes. with Nesta. I was trying to get where you're going with the Nesta. No, no, moment. with Clotho. I feel like Clotho has very much that, like, respectful presence, but, like, f- like very, like, forlorn, but also foreboding. Scary. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you can't see someone's face ever, it is a little, a little disarming. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's got all those, <laughs> when she opens up her robes. Oh, the little guys in there. <laughs> I think that's the Scrooged one, right? That's the Scrooged one that has the one. That is the Scrooged one, yeah. Yeah. The only two that I watch every single year. Scrooge is the fucking best Christmas Christmas Vacation or Scrooged? Which one is the best? Scrooged. I would would be... That's hard. It's hard. (sighs) Well, I mean, I would say like for two different reasons. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then there's Muppet Christmas Carol that you throw in there that I feel like as a musical is separate. For sure. I also can never... I I have to always watch Home Alone. I just love it. Oh, yeah. So now you oh, know God. that about oh, me. No, we're in Halloween. We're not at Christmas yet. Don't take me to Christmas yet. No! It's coming. It's coming <laughs> fast. There's already turkeys in, in certain <laughs> that was, No, you're talking my season. Turkey season. I got to start making my turkeys. I got to make my practice turkeys before I get ready for the real turkey. Oh, my God. Every year. All right. Every year I make three to four turkeys. It's a good thing my husband likes turkey. I guess so. <laughs> you know what? A lot of people say that it's one of their least favorite meats, but I dare say you're not preparing it properly. Oh my God. I'm so sorry you have to go through this. It's hard as the Thanksgiving Empress is hard every year that people say turkey's a horrible poultry. And I say, you're a horrible poultry. You're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have to feel this this much because I'm the Empress of Thanksgiving. We should be calling people horrible more. Mm-hmm. It's a good word to say. You're horrible. <laughs> you're horrible. I just feel like when you're yelling that someone's like holding your shoulders as you go, ah, ah, like yeah. they're not moving you. You're just so hysterical that yeah. you can't stop flailing. I'm I'm about that uh, that life. Let's yeah, do it. dude. I, I am saying, if you want to put me away and keep me all zannied up and masturbate me because I'm hysterical, quote unquote, oh. send me away. Oh, like to just have a rest? Yeah, yeah fix no, me. That's, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm down. I'm very tired. <laughs> um, so we cut to later that afternoon. She's finishing her hours and seems to feel... Fine. She's not filled with anger and she's not healed, but there's at least this sense of curiosity about the other fae who shuffle around this library. And she seems grateful to have something to draw her out of her own thoughts. I imagine just sitting in her apartment all day made the intrusive and cyclical thoughts much worse. Without any, like, love is blind or, like, you can't throw on any Great British Bake Off or nothing. Like, not not a second of Paul Hollywood in this world. Not even, and I like don't know a, how they live. Not even a craft no. to keep your hands busy. You're just staring. 
I guess she read. She read books. She read, yeah, and she drank. And she drank. But that was, I think it was like night, night Nesta. Yeah, night Nesta. She finds Clotho to essentially clock out. And Clotho writes a thank you and tells her that she'll see her tomorrow. Nesta, Nesta doesn't argue. She's about to turn away when Clotho gives her another note. That she's wearing too pretty a dress to be around all this dirt and dust. Perhaps she should come tomorrow in something less fine. Nesta says, all right. The pen began moving again, somehow spelled to connect with Clotho's thoughts. It was nice to meet you, Nesta. Feyre speaks highly of you. That's kind of cute. Well, it's my Wendy voice. It is, it is my dog's voice. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Nesta turned away. No one likes a liar, priestess. She could have sworn a breath of amusement fluttered from beneath the female's hood. We cut again. <gasps> I love that connection. Yeah. I mean, Clotho knows how to deal with Anesta. Yeah. She's dealing oh, with yeah. all these women's traumas. Oh, yeah. All these women all day coming in and yeah. out. Drama, drama, drama. We cut again. It's to almost th- like we're all traumatized in some fashion. <laughs> we cut again to dinner that same day. Nesta finds herself alone at the dinner table. She tells herself she's not surprised, but I think she's a little... uh, She had expected Cassian to be there waiting for her. That her desire to push him away isn't really very spirited. She was maybe even hoping to banter with him this evening, question mark? The house drops a plate of food in front of her. She's just not interested. Instead, she calls out to the house for wine. She doesn't know the magic of this house very well, but understands it is enchanted in some way to take requests. Oh, my God. It's my everything, Natalie. I feel like I would become a monster. Yes. Of course you would so quickly. Of just like, And I feel like, though, but not in a way of like, bring it. I think it would be in a way of just like, hey, house, what up? You want to get drunk with me tonight? Yeah, enabling me. Enabling me. Yes, no, completely being enabled. Like, if anything (laughs) you want, the house will just give it to you. I would become friends with this house so fast. It would be a toxic friendship. Yes. Oh, yeah. But in this moment, no wine appears when she asks for it. She tries again, this time lifting her glass. Wine? Nothing. She tapped her nails on the table's smooth surface. Were you told to not give me wine? Talking to a house, a new low. But as if in answer, the glass filled with water. She's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. great, very funny. She looks back at her food, and while it's described as sounding delicious, it only seems to curdle Nestle's stomach. She feels a pang of irritation and decides, fine, you won't get me my smile juice, I'll get it myself. Ooh, Jackie, stare fact. Well, this stare fact doesn't come in for me. It comes in from someone online when I want to say thank you so much. I did not write down your username, but I do want to say thank you for figuring out how many steps it is at the House of Wind. And I was talking about the Astoria column that I was like, oh, I had to get all up all these windy, windy stairs. And they did the math and found out that it would be 75 Hundred Astoria columns 
are the amount Ooh. of stairs that go up to the House of Wind. 7,500. 7,500 of them stacked on top of each other. So, yeah, I'd be like, I guess I'm going to be pretty sober. It's a good way to, to force sobriety. Yeah, man. You got to dry out, bitch. Yeah, you got to, or you got to figure out how to get up and down them steps. Yeah, work on them gams. Which, I mean, getting a, a better butt. God, can you imagine poor Cassian? Can her ass get much better? Oh my God, he's gonna lose his, his dick's mind. gonna fall off. He's gonna fucking have to poke <laughs> his eyeballs out. <laughs> so let's end in stare fact. Jackie, stare fact. Leave you on that cliffhanger. Yeah, and you're gonna think about how many stairs that is, and you're gonna think about how much it would hurt your knees. My knees already make a bunch of noise when I go up and down stairs, which. Um, which sounds is it? Crackles? Yeah, apparently it's my cartilage mm. that is um, going away. Oh. I'm old. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm old. I don't think you're old enough. My knees, they crunch. I don't think you're old enough that your knees would fall off. Why are my knees crunching? I, I mean, mine crunch too, but I, I think that's also from using them. Yeah, that's all it is. I, I got, I'm just doing all my, my stand-ups and my sit-downs. My stand-ups and my sit-downs. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty good at that. So yeah, I do show up. You could have showed. You could have showed up. Uh, all the guys at Windhaven. I mean, I certainly am not going to do 7,500 Astoria columns. We should try. I don't know how to even get that many stairs in front of me. I guess a stairmaster. We have to pretend. Yeah, I think we'd have to pretend. Yeah, and, that's and, boring. Uh, that's so boring. Nothing to look at. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I guess we have to scale the side of a mountain. Okay, we got a. Well, we got a plenty of them here in LA. Yeah, we, we can go find get them. up a mountain. All right, sure. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go, we're gonna go climb this mountain real quick and let you know how it goes. And we'll be back next week. Hopefully, if we get back down in time, we'll be here for the next episode. Yeah, all them stairs. But think of how big our asses are gonna be. So thick, yeah. Cassie will lose it. We're barely gonna be able to fit in our little seats. Please read up until chapter twelve. Hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.